Mad About Movies presents A Journey of Mysticism, Strangeness, Whimsy, and Confusion. Richard Barton is proud to present Son of the Mask. You have been warned. What up, ma'am fam? It is your boy, Arby. Um, I, I, I guess we thought this day would never come. I, I, I certainly hoped it wouldn't. I was sort of uh, viewing the landscape of the world and thinking, you know, I think if I just hold out another month or two, there'll be nuclear war or riots in the streets or something. But we just kind of, as a, as a global society, uh, keep holding on and, uh, and, and making it month by month. So I guess... I have to finally bite the bullet and record this solo episode. It's a beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas. It's a early morning um, when I finally have a little time to to do this. Um, it's it's I have the windows open. The birds are chirping. I have a nice warm cup of coffee here. It's really a kind of delightful and beautiful and perfect morning, except for the fact that I have to talk about this film. Uh, so a little history on this episode, because this happened uh, six months ago, uh, so I like to build drama. Uh, so we did a, I think it was our March Madness? No, was it, it had to have been. Yeah, it was March Madness. Uh, well, a couple a year or two ago, I did. I made some sort of bet on the show that, that uh, the second uh, Looking Glass, Alice Through the Looking Glass garbage film would be decent or it would make money i don't remember i betted i bet for it for some reasons and uh, i lost so i had to do a solo episode reviewing it richard through the looking glass i believe it's called it's in our in the archives somewhere and i of course when i say the archives i mean the smithsonian uh but now i lost another bet on our march madness pool and so of basketball movies and so i have to do this this and then we had a vote and uh something else won that wasn't going to be that painful. I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was something. And so we said, hey, you know, everyone vote again. Uh, Son of the Mask will be way more uh, painful for Richard and a way better episode, which is, of course, debatable because it is still me talking by myself with no one uh, to uh, to speak off of. So we'll kind of explain the dynamic uh, of our show. Uh, so Kent, <clears throat> Kent has a background. Kent is a filmmaker. Kent you know, produces content in his daily life. He's, he's an extremely creative uh, person. Uh, Brian is a consummate critic. Brian, we see, we like to say we see every movie. We see a lot of movies every year uh, for this show. And uh, I, I will be the first to tell you that if we didn't do this show, I probably wouldn't. I don't, I like movies, but I like them as sort of a piece of, of the culture at large. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not a movie buff. I wouldn't, I would never say that about myself, which is funny because I host this show. Uh, but Brian, whether we did the show or not, or do the show or not, I've known Brian for a long time. He sees every movie just because that's what he likes to do. And he writes about them and he thinks about them. And he's thoughtful and he's insightful on them. And he, he, he finds meaning in things and he doesn't just try to, he's, he's a very optimistic critic, uh, which is great. And then I, uh, sit here and and make silly jokes. So it's difficult for me to host something by myself because I've got the I've got the best gig. 
because I can just sort of sit back and and poke fun at things and then not say anything for seven minutes and 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 everything's fine and people I guarantee you I get very nice notes from people all the time um, and I I think it's definitely a product of the fact that you hear me the least and that's that's sort of by design on my part but uh, so now you get to hear me the most for for 30 minutes talk about uh, son of the mask son of the mask and uh, so yeah, so I, I'm doing this on a, a, a bet I've lost. I've won and lost my share of bets in my day. My favorite one I've won, I've won a bunch. My old roommate, Corey, who's a great guy, just recently got married. Congratulations to Corey and, and Janie. Uh, but uh, Corey, uh, he, <laughs> I used to always bet him. Corey's one of these people that, uh, Corey's very, very, very intelligent, but does not really engage with the culture. So if it doesn't, uh, happen like on two or three shows he watches it just doesn't exist he he can he can go months without knowing things that are that for a lot of us we're constantly reading about on twitter or whatever and that's not necessarily like news or political things but just like you know um cory would never know who won best picture last year it's just not interesting to him he would never care about it but what makes cory great is he's very very argumentative and staunch in his beliefs so he's great to bet against because he's always very sure he's right and through the advent of google and through the advent of mobile devices, he's also very easy to prove wrong. And so I've won a lot of these bets against him. My favorite one ever was we were at a, uh, I believe a, it was either a Texas Rangers, which is the major league baseball team here in the in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, or the or a Dallas Mavericks game, which is the NBA team. And uh, I bet him on something, something sports related, and I knew I was right. So I, so I said the loser has to um, pee like a little kid in the bathroom, and and so Corey had to go in. He he lost, um, and uh, he had to go in, and uh, you know if you've ever been to a sporting event, especially if you're a male, these bathrooms are are very they're, they're like train stations. They get very busy. So there's about sixty of his closest friends, and Corey had to go up to the uh, urinal and put his pants all the way around his ankles, and lift his shirt up and put it under his chin and go number one, which was hysterical for 19-year-old me and not so hysterical for 19-year-old Corey. So these are, uh, these are I'm a, I'm a fan of the, uh, you know, betting for money is, is great, but betting for humiliation, I think, is, is really ideal. So I find myself on the other end of that today. Uh, this won't be a very long episode. It's not going to be our usual hour, hour and a half. It'll probably be, I don't even know what it will be. It will be shorter. But it will be uh, hopefully funny and interesting and all that as well. I, I I certainly hope so. I'm I'm so beaten by this, guys. This is this was a rough watch. Um, it's a and we'll get into the film here shortly. But a little background on me in terms of my uh, context of watching this. Sorry, I am gonna just loudly drink coffee because uh, normally I get to stop talking for a second and uh, and and drink and and do things. But now I I. You just have to listen to me do it. So give me uh, five seconds here. Okay. Ah, Susie Essman style. Delicious, delicious black coffee. Uh, so this is a little background on me. I feel so... This is such a weird experience. I, I highly recommend to you guys, if you ever want to gain respect for people in media, um, there's a lot of sports shows to do this. There's political shows to do this. Like the example one that... that that uh, example number one I always think about is Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is a political talk show host, made hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's made 
uh, hundreds of in a, uh, millions of inappropriate statements, probably too. I'm, I'm not. I'm certainly not a listener of a show or anything, but I do respect anyone that uh, can just go into a room by themselves and talk. It's a really weird exercise. So, if any of you, whether you have a lot of our listeners have their own podcasts and stuff like that, and that's really cool. But if any of you don't, um, but you have a computer with some kind of sound recorder on it, uh, it's a really good exercise for like clarity of thought or anything like that. Just like go in hit record um if you have a microphone great if not just talk into your computer or maybe call your talk, do it into your phone your phone has a recorder on it. that's probably the easiest way to do it and just think of a topic and just start talking pretend there's an audience because right now no there is no audience this isn't posted yet this is just going in the garage pardon me garage band on my computer but uh it's a really weird thing you just you feel like a crazy person oh there goes a plane yeah just Lovefield Airport, for those of you familiar with, with Dallas geography, I live... Lovefield Airport is the small airport in Dallas. There's two. There's DFW, which I, most of you have probably flown through, at least, because it's such a hub. And then Lovefield is this little Southwest Airlines airport uh, just just right by downtown Dallas. And I live right by it, and so I get a lot of planes. So if you heard that, I apologize. And the window's open, so you probably hear the birds chirping and things like that. But it's all about ambiance. But anyway... Uh, you know, if it's a good exercise, go and hit record and just listen to yourself talk for as long as you can go, and you will gain a lot of respect for like the Colin Cowards or the uh, Rush Limbaugh's of the world, uh, because this is this is certainly uh, not the easiest thing to do. It's it's far easier to sit back like a jackal um, and and make make silly jokes and all that. But a little background on me: so I am I will be thirty one years old. Oh my, I will be thirty one years old here in a couple weeks, November 9th. Uh, for those of you that want to send presents, I appreciate it. Um, no, I, I will be 31 in a couple weeks, which is uh, weird and all that. Uh, it's my Sean Marion year coming up. But uh, So I, I was born in 1986, for those of you that are terrible at math. I was born in 1986. So I, this isn't just a... I'm not starting with my whole bio, but there's a very... I am... I like to consider myself my exact age almost to the month is like the maybe up to maybe a year older than me and probably not you probably probably my age for about two years older than me are like the smack dad jim carrey generation like i so in 1994 when i was like eight years old uh you know ace ventura the mask and dumb and dumber all come out and uh, I probably saw them all in 95 because I was a I was a VHS kid, you know, didn't go to the theater a lot. So I probably saw them all in 95. So I'm nine years old. That's like the perfect age for Jim Carrey. Uh, so I had, I mean, he was a god to me for for most of my uh, childhood. You know, you go through these, especially a comedy nerd kid like me. Um, and my mom, I just, I had a... Uh, single mom who, who, who's unfortunately got rest her soul no longer with us. But uh, so not a whole. I mean, she was very attentive and loving to me, but not a whole lot of monitoring what I was watching because there just wasn't enough time in the day. In the day, I'm sure. And so I just kind of watched everything. And so uh, I was, you know, I watched Dumb and Dumber when I was eight, which is probably like not what kids would do now i don't know but it's i was fine i also stayed at home alone all summer and i'm fine so uh you know you make yourself some pizza rolls you get on with life but uh she was she was uh not really over me what i I remember we didn't always have cable we often didn't have cable but when we the few months here there when we did when we move into it we 
would go from like lease house to lease house or whatever, uh, I'd get, and the first thing I would do is I would make sure we had, I believe it was FX, and because FX at 9 and 10 o'clock um, showed in living color. So I was just, and that's right when I would go to bed. So 9 and 9.30 rather, from, from 9 to 10 o'clock, I should say. So I, it's central time. Uh, so I would go to bed and I would, like my mom would go to bed in her room. I would stay out and try to go to bed on the sofa and I would watch uh, In Living Color for an hour as like an eight-year-old, you know? And that, that cast, if you're not familiar, is unbelievable who, who everyone went on to be. You had Jim Carrey, who was like kind of the token white guy uh, on the show. Uh, the Tons of Wayne's brothers, Sean, Marlon, Damon, the, ge- the genius Damon. Uh, Keenan Ivory, who's the, the kind of patriarch of the show. And then uh, Jamie Foxx, Tommy Davidson, and of course, friend of the show and Kent's personal best friend, David Allen Greer. Um, so it was a really great sketch show with a ton of talent on it. I mean, you've got, you know, an Oscar winner. I, I would think for a sketch show, they probably have more. I was thinking about that between, because Carrie's never been nominated, I don't think, has he? So it's just Jamie Foxx. But I know. I know that David Allen Greer has several Tony nominations, and then you have uh, Jim Carrey's Golden Globe wins and Jamie Foxx Oscar win. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but I would say I would say that show probably has more as many uh, mainline award nominations outside of the show for movies than than even SNL does, which is pretty crazy if you think about it, because uh, the show wasn't on very long. But that's just this wealth of talent. So Jim Carrey was my guy um, from about eight to probably about 12. Um, to who I wanted to be. I wanted to do comedy when I got older, whatever that meant. Um, I want, That's what I wanted to do. That's what I loved. And then uh, when I was in middle school, I started branching out a bit. I started watching that the old Conan show. The old Conan show on NBC was so great if you were like 12 to 16. It's like built for male. It was built for that, that audience. So the old Conan kind of became my guy for a while. And then also then in the summers, like I said, I'd be home, home all summer. Uh, and I remember, I could still remember, like, I'd, I'd wake up, I was very, I'd watch the news, I'd watch Regis, always been a, I'm always been team, I ride for Regis, and that's right when Kelly Rippo, I think, was coming aboard. Regis and Kathy Lee, Regis and Kelly, then I'd maybe go outside for a little bit, hop in the pool, and then I'd, at 11 a.m., they would show, uh, old SNLs, and old SNLs, this was probably, this was, like, literally the year 2000, and, uh, Old SNLs were like early '90s vintage. Was the ones I liked that that kind of uh, Hartman, uh, Hartman, Mike Myers, Sandler, Farley, Spade, Chris Rock, uh, that that cast. So I'd watch SNLs with that cast from eleven to noon, uh, or no, it was eleven and noon that was on, and then at one o'clock, Kids in the Hall came on. Kids in the Hall is this uh, Canadian version of Saturday Night Live with with uh, Mark McKinney and Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald. Bruce something, Scott Thompson, Bruce, gosh, what was Bruce? Oh, no. I'm, I'm so old. I don't remember names. Uh, great, great sketch show there. Uh, and would watch that really out there. That kind of grew my sort of Monty Python side of humor, I suppose. And then I'd watch, this is so early 2000s. And then I think at two after that, I think TRL came on. I'd flip it over to MTV for a little Carson Daly TRL. Um, and then I'd bring it home with sports. That was kind of the last time I was really involved with that. And then and then at night, stay up late and watch Conan in the summer, which was awesome. And mostly reruns. And so 
that was kind of and then oh yeah then I, that five this is solid solid sitcom run here uh so talking about being raised by television can you tell uh five boy meets world Five thirty home improvement good 90s stuff there six o'clock friends and six thirty simpsons and then kind of go about my evening with my mom would get home from work and then we'd we'd actually spend time together and i'd be i'd be human for a while so that's sort of the context of my comedy but jim carrey kind of started all that i got into i got really in high school i got really into will ferrell like we all did like old school came out like my freshman year of high school i think and and uh and all that so it that's then I went off and got into weird like James Thurber and I became a really pretentious college uh, humor lover. Uh, but but it all started it all started with Jim Carrey. So he always has a soft spot for me, you know. And it, it, you go back and you watch something like Ace Ventura with the brain of a soon to be thirty one year old. It's it's jarring. I'm sure the mask will be the same way. I haven't seen it in years. I've seen I've seen it's been on TV. I stopped down on it. One thing you notice about the mask is, man, wow. Uh, Cameron Diaz was really beautiful. It's like unbelievable. It's it's a total star turn. You understand why she became really big. I mean, she's stunningly gorgeous in the mo- in the movie. That was a really strong uh, breakout for her. Uh, but yeah, so the mask is 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 probably also terrible. But it, it holds a soft place in my heart just because uh, it was that was kind of my first comedy love was Jim Carrey. I think though, even then though, it was my third favorite of those of those big three of that year. Um, between Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber, obviously, still holds up pretty well. And then you went into like Liar Liar and, and stuff like that. I always loved Cable Guy, even as a kid. My mom hated the Cable Guy, I thought. I, I guess I just got, I was a dark comedy guy early. Uh, cable Guy always really made me laugh. I always really liked Ben Stiller as a director. I always thought he's darker as a director than he is, more cynical than he is as a as an actor. But uh, yeah, that's kind of sort of the background on me. So this movie came out, I think in like 2005. So like seven, eight years later after, yeah, 2005. So I'm a senior in high school when this came out. And uh, I, it seemed very much for kids. I remember it coming out, but I never really cared about it. Uh, So I never saw it until I watched it. I was going to do this episode like three months ago. So I watched it like three months ago. um, And then I never, found time to record and so uh, i watched it kind of skim through it again uh this week um it, so i've now seen it pretty much at least a time and a half maybe maybe you could even call it twice which is which is scary uh it's uh <laughs> you know the, the funny thing about this film is not so much the the film itself because it's terrible let's just go out there and say it lawrence guterman is not a great filmmaker um uh, believe it or not it's uh you know he's made great things like cats and dogs and uh <laughs> that's it i think he's made cats and dog in this i think this was kind of a career killer wasn't it a tv show called out of jimmy's heads and he he directed ants which was the one i think with woody allen right the the not bugs life is the pixar yeah and ants is the is the woody allen one he had i think he wrote that or something i don't remember but uh yeah so this was kind of the the end of the uh, lawrence guterman era in hollywood uh but uh yeah this film's this film's really bad it's really bad and it, it it's bad in a very distinctly mid 2000s way um you know we we kind of uh <laughs> this is there's there's cynical there, there, there i feel like there's cynical obviously there's cynical sequels and remakes and cash grabs now um, that's certainly a huge part of the industry. Maybe the only industry, really. Oh, there goes another plan. You guys hear it? Ooh, it's a big one. Uh, but uh, you know, they they at least now I feel like are a little more. While they're still just as cynical and just as cash grabby, they're a little more 
self-aware and there's there's notes to be thrown up towards them. This, we hadn't figured that out yet. This is just, okay, we can't get Jim Carrey, but we want to make another mask to make money. And uh, so let's get another hot comedian, you know, straight off the Jamie Kennedy experience. Jamie Kennedy, the biggest star in the world. Just surprised. You know, if this was made three years later, it would have been Dane Cook in Son of the Grandson of the Mask. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Jamie Kennedy. Who I guess they saw some sort of Jim Carrey type. And uh, and I guess was I get was, you know, I'd have to know. I, I suppose Jim Carrey wasn't a huge wasn't a star yet at all when they made the original uh mask because uh you know he probably had ace no i think ace was a really surprise hit and i mean gosh co-stars dan marino for god's sakes uh but then he was like the guy on a living color people liked but he wasn't he was like an up-and-comer right so i guess the same thing they try to do with jamie kennedy they just they missed on it a bit i don't think uh i don't think uh they'll stand by that that decision alan cummings in this trailer howard is in this she's in a lot of She's got to have one of the lowest aggregate uh, Rotten Tomato scores ever. She's not bad. I mean, I, I like Trailer Howard fine, but uh, she's got she's been in a lot of really poorly reviewed films. Um, yeah, so this is this is crazy. But the craziest thing about this film, and I won't even get into the plot or anything. It's like there's a they find the mask in the museum and it takes over, and um, I, I, you know, it's the most ridiculous it's just set pieces of like what if we put the mask on this species what if we put it on this little kid you know the the loki mask kind of uh takes over um but (laughs) the the god of mischief played by alan cumming of course uh but the craziest thing about this film is really when you read about it because uh yeah it's (laughs) this movie i'm not kidding you cost 86 84 rather 84 million dollars i'm gonna let that sit in while i drink coffee 84 a budget of 84 million dollars can you believe that eight years later it's something that would never happen now without a true star in front of it 84 million for this film um that's that's insane it only made i think 50 million at least domestically i don't know what it made worldwide but um it was not a it was not a hit uh, as they say but i mean this throwing 84 million dollars at this as a production company is is unbelievable i can't i'll never i looked that up after i watched it i mean it looked you know like they had spent some money on effects and stuff but gosh i mean just that's such just you're just there's no way this was ever going to make that um i think jim carrey was was uh circled to to do this a, a sequel to the mask at some point um he's kind of leading it on for a while and then eventually just kind of bailed the project uh p- bailed the project and so maybe the the budget was kind of built up assuming that and then it was just too late and they said we have jamie kenny i don't know um but yeah he he uh i think he turned down after the uh, ace ventura sequel did not do as well so he kind of he kind of bailed on that but man i mean this is if you ever want to do like uh this would be a great great thing for if you want to get a group of people together and do if you ever want to do like a mystery science theater thing throw this thing on mute or low volume and you can just it just visually aesthetically it's so it's that weird look everyone everyone was into from like 99 to this was probably the end of it like 0506 before we really kind of figure out digital how to how to bring kind of richness out of it it's such a poor looking movie and it makes, but it makes up for it by having a truly uh, 
terrible script script, but that's made up for by having really poor performances, but it's fine because they make up for that by having a leading man that no one uh no one cares about. Let's look at Jamie Kennedy after this film. Obviously this rock rocks rocketed him to uh to fame, you know. Um he 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 actually had a pretty good late 90s like in these supporting roles um in these these movies that I think went on to be pretty I mean obviously he's in the Scream series. He's in Romeo and Juliet in a small role the the Baz Luhrmann one. Um he's in As Good As It Gets. He's an enemy of the state. He's in Bowfinger. He's in Three Kings. You're like, okay, boiler room. Um, this guy's gonna make a nice little uh, way for himself as a uh, as a kind of a supporting supporting actor in these films. But then he he busts out the Jamie Kennedy experiment, you know, for two years, and uh, which was like, what if it was that weird time on cable television where I think like uh, what's that network? True TV, like still bases everything off of these shows but it's like these low budget kind of sketch shows kind of hidden camera tom green really kind of started it and then when he went away they kind of tried it with jamie kennedy um punked is kind of of that vintage um so you sign him up and the the and then he he makes uh malibu's most wanted which is kind of an eight mile parody that is completely panned and hated but i i kind of for some reason thought son of the mask was before that but that's not true son of the mask is after that so they 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 saw malibu's most wanted and the money it made which maybe it did well i don't even know i guess yeah doubled its budget at the box office and they said that's our man that's who that's who we want we want we want the kennedy um and then so anyway after son of the mask he really takes off um with an episode of Criminal Minds, um, <laughs> um, two seasons of Ghost Whisperer, Curious George 2 as a voice, um, you know, just killing the game. So this was sadly kind of a uh, kind of a career halter for him on the on the skyrocket up for fame, which is not necessarily his fault. But man, I mean, get the money where you can get it. But this is this is pretty rough. He was nominated for two uh razzie awards golden raspberries for worst actor and worst screen couple uh which i suppose he shares with with trailer (laughs) poor trailer howard um yeah it's also a time where we didn't know how to use alan cumming at all alan cumming certainly a talent and we've kind of since figured out how to use him in, in interesting and fun ways but he's coming off he was doing cabaret for a while on broadway and then he you know, they start putting him in everything and it's just kind of a scattered mess for a while. And, and we've sort of wrangled as a culture uh, what we want out of Alan Cumming, but this certainly <laughs> was not it. This was so, so over the top and weird um, and, and, and just, just poor. I mean, this is, this is your quintessential. It's so, it's so weird because it's so of its time. It really shows you like what it was like to be alive in 2005 i always say because i went to high school from 01 to to 05 i graduated in 05 and i always tell people it was most people i think of most generations have this this sort of uh, psychological condition of hey man when i was in school that was the best era for music the movies were better you know like that was it i'm just gonna listen to you two forever man because that's when i was in high school or i'm just gonna listen to you know grunge rock forever man or and that's their thing and like i have the exact opposite experience i'm like when i was in high school it was like we were just figuring out digital 
So everything looked bad because we, we, oh, it's, it's cheaper to shoot on digital. So everything was basically shot on, on videotape. So everything looked bad, even Hollywood films. They hadn't quite figured out CGI, but they used it all the time. So it looked ridiculous. It wasn't no depth of anything. The music, same thing, right? So the industry hits this huge speed bump in like 99, 2000 with Napster. So all of a sudden there's less money to work with. They're, they're frantic. And also everything, everyone starts recording digitally. So everything has this really tinny, bad sound. The pop music's even kind of tinnier. Um, it's, it's terrible. It's, it was the worst four years when I was in high school, there was like, I, I, I seriously, I mean, there's stuff you listen to for nostalgic reasons, but there are probably like six good songs. There was great. There was some really good indie rock and stuff going on. But I was living in Fort Worth, Texas, and I had the internet, and I would find... I I mean, I remember like I found The Strokes when I was a freshman, and that Is This It record got me through like three years just because it was like actual music, White Stripes, stuff like that. But like everything else was so bad, and it wasn't wasn't as easy now like with Pitchfork or things like that to find all the kind of good stuff that's out there. You really had to like navigate it and download it on like, uh, what was it, Kazaa or things like that, because I didn't have any money to like actually go to record stores or anything plus everything was that and also uh record stores decided oh i know how we'll fight this um all this downloading we'll make cds 25 dollars. you know this is like oh yeah no this isn't gonna work um so it was uh it was bleak times um before kind of amazon came in and busted everything up in that way so it was just this really weird four or five year era of culture where we had kind of figured out what we were going to be doing next with streaming and digital and CGI and stuff, but we weren't good at any of it yet. So everything was, I remember you download a song, but it would take, you know, you know, you'd have to cue them all up before you went to school. And then when you come back from school, maybe a quarter of them downloaded successfully. The rest, there was some sort of error and you would just do this constantly. And, uh, it was, it was bleak times, but, uh, this is certainly, the type of film that would be made during that era. It was, it was, it was rough. Um, but it's sort of a relic of that. I, I suppose there's some nostalgia to be seen in that. Everything is so clean now and the CGI is so good. And as long as you have a budget over 50 million and you're not DC, <laughs> your movie's going to look okay. Now it's a cheap shot. I apologize. We've got uh, justice league just around the corner guys. Who's excited. I know some of you are. That's exciting. I hope it's good. Or sincerely, I hope it's good. I think Joss does a good job on it, but I don't think I don't think it's going to be good. Um, but I hope I really sincerely hope it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, now everything looks clean and rich, and you can do crazy things. You know, he just couldn't for a while. It was a really bleak time. The effects of this film are so bad. So if you ever want to like get with some buddies uh, and and watch it, get a group of friends over you know tear this thing apart it's it's a good one for that and i it's not shocking that pretty much everyone aside from coming involved with this has not uh gone on to do anything so okay i'll grade this out i'm gonna grade this with the kent garrison i'm gonna send him a check right now actually be sign this seven dollars 77 cents okay uh check to kent garrison for the patented f minus 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 uh it's it's truly terrible truly truly terrible but uh you know 
what are you gonna, <laughs> what are you gonna do um it's it, it made for what however long this thing is 30 minutes of of richard content so maybe it brought some joy to you there i i certainly would never listen to this i can't believe any of you are to my incoherent ramblings but uh but i but i truly appreciate it but uh anyway um weekly recommend this week hey there's a new pat oswald uh, it's called Annihilation. It's on Netflix. It's one of the best half-hour comedy specials you'll see. It's it's really, really funny for 30 minutes, and then it takes his turn, obviously, with the year he's had by losing his wife and all that. He gets into that, uh, but he does it in such a graceful, uh, beautiful, touching way. I really, really thought it was... I didn't actually... He won the Emmy for his last special, which sadly came out like two days before his wife died, I remember, last year. And uh, so it didn't cover any of that, obviously. You know, she, you know, she died very suddenly. Um, so, but I honestly didn't love that special, and I'm a huge fan of his. And when it won the Emmy and stuff, I was so happy for him. But I, I thought it was a little bit of a dip down from his last few specials. Um, this one is maybe the best thing he's ever done. You hate the circumstances through which uh, he did it, but it's it's really a beautiful uh, testament to his wife and to his daughter, um, and and to him as a as a as a really interesting. Uh, comedian and performer so i really recommend that check that out i think i think a lot of you uh it's still a you know it's an r-rated comedy special so it's still gonna uh there's some really filthy funny stand-up pat oswald stuff you'd expect um but i think a lot of you so if that's not your thing you probably won't enjoy this anything anyway but if you do like you know traditional kind of uh stand-up comedy you'll be really moved by this i think i think it's a really uh like i said a really beautiful piece of of work and i'm i'm happy for him and uh, hope that uh, you know what. However tragic this is, that maybe it's a uh, something to really remember his, his wife by. So anyway, uh, that's it out of me. I really appreciate you guys appreciate you guys listening to this. Um, a few things uh, before I go. Um, go on to uh, a few things you can always do for us. If you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, uh, create a Twitter and follow us. That'd be nice. Uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But what you can do is you go on iTunes, go on whatever podcast uh, thing uh, you use, and give us a give us a review. Give us a the best review you can give us, five stars, whatever. Write something nice about us. Uh, we don't like really make money doing this show. Um, even with the we have the VIP VIP feed and all that, it's we're we're always at a goal to just break even. <laughs> but. Uh, but those reviews really help us with sponsors, and that's something they really look at. So just five stars, write something nice, or just write something nice about Kent and Brian. You can say something terrible about me. I don't care. But just give us five stars. That's what really matters. Um, do that. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, sign up for the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter. If you go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash newsletter, sign up for that. I edit that every month. It's fun. Brian writes some really great stuff for it. Kent writes some stuff for it when it's not football season. We have guest contributors. If you're someone out there that likes to write, if you write like a movie blog or something, um, shoot us an email. And we we put guest content in there all the time. If you want to reach, we have a pretty large audience with that newsletter. If you want to reach that audience um, and we can pump it out, put a put a link to your blog on there, uh, let you see it. I know it's the it's the tacky writing for exposure instead of pay. I know that's super tacky, but we're not a real media company. We're just a, three guys doing a podcast out of our garage. So if you want some exposure on, on something you've, re- you've written, we're happy to provide that. The minute we have actually make money, then we'll start paying you for pieces in the newsletter, I promise. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, r- check out the newsletter. Check out the VIP feed. The VIP feed is awesome. We, uh, as, as you guys know, for the last few years, we did, um, we did an episode a week. 
uh, for the last gosh, five years, five years, uh, five years in a month. Um, and then earlier this year, we started doing two episodes a week to kind of test it, got some great on, on the throwbacks. So we decided to put those on their own VIP feed. So that's, uh, that's a dollar a week um, for the throwback episodes. You get four or five a month. Plus, we do um, all kinds of cool um, contests and video episodes. And I'm doing a AMA. Is that what it is? Ask me anything. I don't know. Can't ask me to do an AMA. I'm doing one of those here in the next week or so. Or I'll start promoting that on our Twitter and Facebook. Um, and, oh, yeah. Like us on Facebook, too, and Instagram. But I'll start promoting that. And then we can get on. You guys can just ask me questions. And I'll, Ken did one already, and it was fun. I'll do one, and you can just ask me stupid stuff. And I'll give you even stupider answers. And then we'll all part as friends. Uh, but, yeah, go check that out. The VIP feed is, I think, you know, a lot of things aren't worth it. If you like our particular brand of content, I think for 4 bucks a month, you're not going to get... I mean, it's it's honestly 4 bucks a month for another at least three or four hours of, of content. It's, it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, so it's in those episodes are really fun. We do everything based on an anniversary basis. For instance, this year's really good. 2017, we're doing a bunch of movies from 19, 1997 for their 20 year, a lot of stuff from 2002 for 15 years, 1992 for 25 years, stuff like that. Those are all happen to be really great movie years. So we've got some really cool stuff lined up. We've already done a ton of really cool episodes on, on that VIP feed um, of some really great, great movies. So, and some bad ones, Starship Troopers, stuff like that. So go on, uh, uh, it's on Patreon, P A T R E O N. I think I'm terrible at spelling out loud. I'm, like, I'm a I'm a written speller. P A T yes R E O N Patreon. Um, and and sign up for the Mountain Mount Movies podcast VIP feed. It rules. Yep. So like us on all that stuff. Uh, send us an email, mountainmountmoviespodcast at gmail dot com. All of that glorious, glorious contact. Um, we're really pretty good. I'll, I don't give us credit for a lot. We're pretty good at responding to emails. So if you ever just want advice on something related to movies if you want to start your own podcast if you want to just ask us a question um we're we're pretty good about responding to those so anyway thank you guys uh the bet is settled i appreciate uh brian and kent for for putting me through this um it was (laughs) certainly an interesting watch i'm sorry i didn't talk about the film much there's really just not that much to talk about it it's terrible so there's my review um it looks bad it sounds bad it reads bad it's everything you would want in a terrible film and i'm all for it so uh, in some ways i give it an a plus 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 but uh, i'm gonna go with an a minus 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 so that's my weekly recommend and my my recommends to follow the show do it you know you want to um in the words of mr feeney i love you all class dismissed see ya